Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm very excited to have my new friend, Jess Bax, on the line with us today. Jess, how are you? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me. Oh, so excited to have you on. Uh, can you give us a quick, quick introduction to who you are? Wow, yeah. This is like my elevator pitch that I've been practicing for the past few weeks, especially uh-huh. when I go on dates. I literally practice my elevator speech like it's nobody's business. Oh, man. I give you credit for that. Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who am I? Um, my name is Jess Bax. I am originally from St. Louis, Missouri, and I moved out to San Francisco, California about two, three years ago. And honestly, it changed my life. I am who I am today because of that move. I am a personal trainer. Um, I also certified in meditation and I own my own podcast or my own podcast. Let's chat with Jay Bax, where I just love connecting with people, sharing my story, my experiences and others as well. Oh, I fucking love that. That's awesome. We're, we have so much in common, minus the fitness <laughs> aspect of anything. <laughs> uh, I'm super curious. What, uh, what led to you moving out to San Francisco two, three years ago? Yeah, good question. So I... Being from St. Louis, I never wanted to stay there. I was born and raised there. Once I turned 18, I was like, let's go to college. Went to Mizzou my first year, did the whole freshman 40. And then, oh, it was one of those. (laughs) And um, transferred schools to Illinois, moved to Kentucky, moved back to St. Louis. And I'm like, okay, I I can't stay here. So a job opportunity came up um, and I was able to jump on it and, and come out to California first time being out here was me driving three days, 32 hours to get out to this place. Wow. That's pretty sweet. What was the, uh, the job opportunity? I work for an events company, so I plan corporate events at a tech company. As oh, well. cool. I worked for an events management company for a number of years, um, oh, nice. selling like sponsorships for fortune 500 companies to come do business yeah. conferences and stuff. So much fun. It was great. (laughs) So I'm super (laughs) curious, like, uh, were you always into fitness? Like, how did like the personal training aspect of your career sort of develop? Was it, you know, I'm assuming sometime after the freshman 40, you wanted to (laughs) sort of, yeah. Yeah. So the freshman 40 hit and I was still trying to work out, but I loved pizza. I loved Sammy's and I was drinking like six days a week. So that really like hit home. So I gained all that weight and I was really in a depressive and anxious state of mind. And that's when I moved to um, this new school in Illinois. And from there, 2014 hit, it was December 28th. And I looked in the mirror and I just really despised myself. And it was such a hard feeling to sit with. And I'm like, all right, you know, I said, Hey, little mama, you got to fix your shit. Mm -hmm. Like we got to do something here. What are we going to do for ourselves? So that next year, 2015 hit um, January 1st. I got in the gym to prepare for spring break and I lost my first 15 in the first three months. And then I kept going and I'm someone who loves to teach people things. So if I'm doing this to my body and people are noticing and people are asking me questions why not become a personal trainer and then start putting out programs and helping others? And that's kind of where it all started. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, was it like sort of you were coming towards the end of the year and you're doing like the new year, new me thing. And then that sort of morphed into like this new chapter of your life. 
I think it was more along the lines of everyone in college. This is always a thing where it's like once January 1st to January 5th hit, depending on how hungover you were on January 1st, (laughs) you would get into the gym to look hot for spring break. Everyone, I mean, it was, it was crazy in there, but once spring break happens, everyone's usually like, all right, you know, I I look hot for, for my swimsuit photos for the week. Now I can go back (laughs) to doing my old lifestyle. And for me, I started feeling really good about myself. And I started having that confidence that I never had before, or I had back when I was tiny in college or in high school, but I was like, let's keep this going. Like, where can we take this? Oh, that's awesome. You know, I've, my biggest thing is like, I, and it, obviously there are a lot more societal pressures on a woman to look a certain way than a man. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm extremely cognizant of that, but I've always sort of felt like extremely satisfied and comfortable in my own skin. And I never like worried about body image. And I know that's like very, you know, white male of me to say, but I just have always had this irrational confidence of me, even when now during the pandemic, I blew up a lot, obviously, because, you know, it was the most amazing time in everyone's <laughs> lives. But for even when I was at my heaviest, I was I had like the reverse body dysmorphia where I would look at myself mm-hmm. in the mirror and be like, wow, you know, it's not so bad. You know, yeah, and I and I wonder if that's just like an inherently male sort of visualization of their own sort of physique or if there's mm-hmm. women who kind of feel the same way. And that's a good question for, for the women's standpoint. I mean, I know so many women who look at themselves and they're like, oh my God, even sometimes when I look at myself, uh, my body is banging. I can, <laughs> I can say that, but there are sometimes where I get into that bad body dysmorphia and I'm like, oh, you need to work on this. You need to work on this. You need to work on this. Like I've been doing this since 2015 and I still feel those, those things. I think we're getting into a, a new world. Society is kind of highlighting all body images, especially for women. And, um, there is this idea now that like, you can be whoever you are in your body. Basically society is now shifting into allowing a woman to embrace all of their curves. And I have seen a shift as slow as it is. There is still a shift. However, I do find it interesting, the concept that you shared about yourself and your self-confidence. And I always thought the same thing, like, oh, guys, just like must love their bodies, like nonstop. They just they don't get into those same patterns as women do. I have a friend whose boyfriend was injured and he wasn't able to cycle as much or hike as much and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And he started to develop a lot of self-hatred his body, thinking that like, okay, I'm now this way versus where I used to be a certain physique. And now I've gained a few pounds and it's, it's really putting a damper on his self-confidence. Oh, that's tough. You know, I, I think that the mental health and you know, physical well-being have sort of come to the forefront in obvious, you know, post-pandemic world. But I think I did a lot of work later on, you know, since I lost. So for context, I lost my job in the middle of pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically, the best thing that ever happened to me, found my passion for photography. And now, like, I'm living my best life. But a lot of that also had to do with getting a lot of mental help, which was going to therapy. And I think that a lot of times when people go through these sort of, you know, physical ailments, they're also not addressing the mental aspect of it. Um, and one thing that I've started doing a lot of recently is getting into yoga and meditation. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of curious how you factor those two sort of mental areas into your physical training uh, when you like are with a, a client. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I love this. This is like giving me like butterflies because I love talking about this. Good. <laughs> um, and, and this is literally what happened to me. So during the pandemic, once it started, I was, again, having a, a great body, working on my body nonstop, but I was still suffering from a lot of anxiety and a lot of depressive thoughts. And you would think like, oh, well, you are this bright soul and, you know, you work out all the time. Your body's great. Like, why are you feeling this way? Because the work is inside of our minds, inside of our bodies and our hearts, our souls, not just in our physical body. Mm -hmm. And what I really defined during the pandemic was what I needed to work on to become calmer and more patient with myself and love myself at such a deeper level. And that's where I started looking within sitting in silence and, you know, the inner self-talk was scary. I felt like it was yelling at me half the time. Hmm. And then I found affirmations and I like to call myself the affirmation queen, especially on Instagram because affirmations changed my life. That's how I started meditating. So can you explain I downloaded, like I'm a moron what yeah. an affirmation is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, an affirmation to me is, reinstating all that you are. And that is as simple as I am greatness because there's so many times where we think we are not great. Mm -hmm. And if we say I'm greatness, we feel conceited, but an affirmation is reinstating everything that you are. It's stating words that you need to carry on into your life. And my journals are filled with affirmations. Awesome. If I write today, I'm feeling anxious. I'm like, why do I feel anxious? Oh, it's because I don't feel like I'm enough. And then I constantly say, I am enough. I am enough because the world needs me. And you just keep hammering that principle in. And then you finally start to humbly believe that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so when I started doing the meditations with affirmations, it was just like, okay, like calm your body and now clear your mind and just hear these affirmations. I listened to like a hundred affirmations in 20 minutes. Was and it your voice? Not at first. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It was an, another's uh, voice sharing all of these amazing affirmations and they really stuck with me. And once I got to the affirmations, I started to meditate more deeply, getting into the chakra system, kind of aligning myself. I can explain chakras too, if we need to. <laughs> the seven energy centers. I love getting into the hippy dippy stuff. Sure. I like to classify myself as the hippy face of my life. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All the it's funny because like I often say like 25 year old John would make fun of 36 year old John because like I'm like mm -hmm. a completely different human being. But I wonder if a lot of these things that I've found later on in life, like going to therapy and believing and manifesting like things that I want out of my life, mm -hmm. I truly wonder if like I could have been doing them the whole time, right? Like, can you learn these sort of things when you're 25 or does it take you being 35 to learn? And at, yeah. at that, at that core is this fundamental question of like, am I the person I am today because of the person I was 15 years ago? Or is it the person that I've just, you know, you monumentally accumulate all of these lessons in life that turn you into a different person for, in my case, the better, thankfully. <laughs> um, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I like to say, I like to say that you are who you are today because of who you had to be in the past. I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer of that too. I think um, over the course of like at least the last two years, people were sort of 
given an opportunity to like sort of turtle shell or like find a new version of themselves to like adapt mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a wildly changing world. And I think most people were able to kind of come out of this and, and learn new passions, new projects, new things that they want to do with their life and really realize that like work is not necessarily the number one key identifier of who you are as a person. And then starting to do the thing that you love and try to make it, you know, in this great mass resignation that we're seeing. Yeah, uh, I I love I don't like asking people like when I ask, like, what do you do? I don't like to ask that question. I like to say, like, who are you? Yeah, because I like that. I don't give a shit about your job. I literally don't. Like, I'm an event planner, but, like, I don't want to talk about events literally ever. I want to talk about you. You. I want to talk about your passions. When you talk about your passions, that gets me so excited. Mm-hmm. And that allows me to learn about you as a person. And that's what life's all about is connecting with others. And we had two years to be not around others and not to connect with others and if anything i've learned to connect deeper with others in this world totally you think it's uh it's it's like a some sort of a societal capitalistic nature of human beings to be that first premise and i'm thinking contextually on dates right the first thing you ask is like oh hey what do you do but it's like who the fuck cares like whether i'm a doctor or a ditch digger like that's not gonna really be indicative of the type of person I am right and I think you you were able to sort of learn that throughout the course of this two-year period because at the end of the day a lot of people lost their jobs a lot of people made massive shifts in their careers and people are living different lives now Um, I'm super curious like you not that St. Louis is a small town but like going from like a smaller (laughs) market world area in the U.S. like what kind of gave you the confidence to pack up your shit and move you know 2000 miles away. Yeah. I, as I said, like I never wanted to stay in St. Louis and I love being uncomfortable and I love new experiences. And I was also going through a really weird time where, you know, I wasn't happy with St. Louis. I was in a relationship for about four and a half years and I was kind of like ready to leave that relationship. And it was like a really easy, like, oh, I'm going to go to California. All right. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Um, And that's kind of what happened. And and whether that was what pushed me out there or not, I'm like, why am I, why would I stay in St. Louis? This is an amazing opportunity to go out to California. Like, fuck yeah, let's go. So I just jumped on the opportunity and went and the best decision I've ever made. And I encourage so many people just pick up and go somewhere. Yeah. Like it's scary, but do it. There's this thing like this video going around social media. It's like some person talking. It's like a, an audio clip over a million different videos where it's like, mm. if you're a person who left your home down, like congratulations, like you're living your best life or whatever. It's just like really funny. I keep seeing it all over the place. I mean, I don't live in the same town I grew up in, but I do live five minutes away. Um, mm-hmm. But when you live in proximity to the greatest city on earth, like, you know, I don't need to go anywhere else. Right. <laughs> uh, right. I'm, I, I often say that like the early part of my you know formative years in high school and college and and those first few jobs out of college it was always sort of about pre-planning where my next phase of my life would be versus necessarily living in the moment and being like appreciative of the people the places and the things that I was experiencing but like that was what I felt like was a lot to do with society like you have to get good grades in high school to go to a good college and then get a good job and and that sort of rat race, you know, hamster wheel mentality is is extremely prevalent in our society. Um, and I think throughout those years, 
I had a hard sort of uh, lens in terms of what I would like consider my successes as a person. Um, and I'm super curious for you specifically, like you've obviously made dramatic shifts in your life moving across the country. Um, how do you frame success uh, in 2022? This question keeps coming up. <laughs> like literally in the past, since February 1st, this question has been coming up of like, define success for yourself. What does success look like for you? And the reason I I've ask never, it is because I don't know yeah. how to measure it for myself. So I'm very curious and, how other and people I think, yeah. I think I'm there with you. Uh, so I was talking to my life coach on February 1st and we were defining fears and she defined with me three fears that I specifically hold in myself. Mm -hmm. And it's the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, and the fear of success. Hmm. So interesting. The fear of success. We all want to be successful. I definitely want to be successful. Mm -hmm. But when we talked more about it and deeper into it, I fear success because if I succeed, then that allows for a bigger failure to come out of it Ooh. if I don't take that with me. That's interesting. And it's like a full circle. So when I define success, especially for 2022, let's do this a real time realization because I feel like I have to give an answer to, to this versus like a friend or a partner who's asking me. I think success in 2022 is just defining what I want to do with all that I do. Mm -hmm. And I, when I, when January 1st hit, I was like, I'm going to put all these goals. I am a personal trainer. I just released a movement and mindfulness app. So you can work out oh, cool. with me and you can like journal with me and do meditations with me. So that was really exciting. And then I wanted to focus more on my meditations. I'm on insight timer. I post um, meditations like every other week. So that was really great. I have a podcast. I want to do guests. I want to do my own voice. I want to host retreats. I want to host workshops. <laughs> I also have a full-time job. So that yeah. shit is crazy. So looking at that and then becoming overwhelmed, the success wasn't there. I, I was putting my energy in way too many things. So right now, I think when I'm identifying what success looks like this year is to actually hone in on what I am and who I am and what I want to put out into the world. Am I a podcaster? Yes. Am I a fitness trainer? Yes. But where does that work in? And when I actually identify that, ask me in a month or two, I will be able to define success for you. I will ask you in a month or two. Um, I'm super <laughs> curious if you so like obviously I'm I lead a creative life so I get trapped into this creative uh, negative feedback loop where when mm -hmm. I post something on social media if it doesn't perform to a certain standard or get a certain number of likes I used to be super wrapped up in what that metric had on like my self-esteem and or mm -hmm. my thought process of myself as a creator um as an artist so i'm super curious if as like a you know whether it's personal training or through these affirmations and, and mindfulness stuff that you do um do you have similar traps uh you know sort of like those you know pitfalls of social media that you experience yeah yeah definitely we we fall into this every every post it can be so difficult and you know i've been going back and forth in the very beginning when i started my fitness page in 2017 i was like i'm only getting 30 likes oh my god like i'm i'm not shit 
So it was like really hard to keep that momentum going. But then once I started getting traction, I got really exciting. And then now with a new algorithm and, and everything, the, the market's so saturated that I'm not getting a lot of traction. And yes, I get down, but I don't get down because of the likes. I get down because I'm like, I want to reach more people because I want to have a bigger impact on people. Mm. But if I'm only getting a hundred views on my story, when I have 10,000 followers, almost like that is like, to me, I'm like, what the, what's the point, you know, but you have to keep pushing through that because if it hits one person, that is the most important person that it's supposed to hit that day. Totally. I, uh, I had an interesting conversation with a photographer lately, uh, recently on my mm-hmm. podcast and his, pr- the premise of, you know, he's got 500,000 Instagram followers, right? So he's on another yeah. level of social media that I could never possibly, uh, expect right. to relate to. Um, he was like, when you post something like, what, what are we talking about? You get like 30 to 60 likes. I'm like, sure. Yeah. That, that sounds about right. He's like, do me a favor. Like imagine a gallery somewhere that you've been to now fill it up with 60 people is the space empty or is it full of shit? He's like, mm-hmm. the the problem with what social media has done to us is it has reframed our expectations of what a lot is, right? So like no longer is 100 likes on something a lot. You're like, wow, that's not a lot because I've got 9,000 Instagram followers. But when you consider the fact that if you put 100 people in a room, you probably wouldn't even get a chance to talk to every single person in that room. So the way that social media has sort of like... Um, you know, neutralized our ability to understand what like a a lot of people are is been extremely detrimental to how we view success and how we measure what we do as being a a positive or a good thing. So like when you post, when I post a photo on Instagram and it gets 45 likes, I'm like, what the fuck? 45 likes this picture. So good. Only 45 people liked it, but that doesn't matter because at the end of the day, if I put 45 people in my apartment, they wouldn't fit. And that's like yeah. sort of the, the reframing of the context that you need to, to look at. Um, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Like, because I was talking to my other mentor, who's my business coach, and she was talking because I said, I have all these followers and I don't think that I'm credible because I don't have like 10,000 more mm-hmm. and I don't get a thousand likes on every photo. And she she came back to me and was like, it doesn't matter. Like I have 20,000 followers on, on my page. I get maybe a hundred likes, like on, depending on what the post is, but like, she's making a killing Mm -hmm. and it's not about the amount of followers you have. It's about the impressions you make on those 45 people that like your photo. Completely. The other important context is that at the end of the day, we need to start understanding that social media applications can come and go, right? MySpace was the mm-hmm. biggest thing on earth and then it disappeared, <laughs> right? So like at the end of the oh, day, God. like if Instagram disappears tomorrow, right? It folds, it's gone. Like, are you still a phys- you know, personal trainer? Are you still a mindfulness mm-hmm. coach? Of course, you just don't have an Instagram anymore. So like understanding that the thing that you do is not dependent upon a place where you share the thing you do is an incredible mindset to have and something that I've got to tell myself on a weekly basis, but it is crucially important. Um, I'm super curious, you know, you, you've sort of in the last couple of years launched like a number of different things that you're doing. Um, what are you most proud of, of the things that you've started and sort of like what your journey has shown you so far about yourself? Wow. Oh, you are so good at asking questions. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what am I most proud of? Honestly, I think it's my podcast. And that's why like I go back to like, who am I? What do I want to do with all of these things that I am? 
And I come back with like, I'm a podcaster Mm -hmm. and I'm so proud of it because it allows me to speak more authentically, to share myself. I always thought of myself as like a personality or someone that wants to share all of their learnings. And when I get in front of a mic, I, I just, I feel so natural. It feels so clean. It, it feels fun. I can look at myself on zoom. I can see another <laughs> great looking dude over here. Like it's just, it's great to, to do all of these things. So I think that really allows me or just showed me from everything I've done, whether that was meditation or the personal training, all of those things, it's allowed me to feel empowered and feel like more of a leader. That's cool. What made you start the podcast? I started talking on my Instagram page in May, June of 2020. And I was just like talking, talking, talking on my stories. Someone would give me a topic and I'm like, hey, let me give you like 12 stories of me talking about it. And I was getting a lot of traction. And one of my friends reached out to me and was like, you like chat a lot about some pretty like cool shit on your stories. Like, why not take it to a larger platform? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, like what? And like, like make a fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. I was like, I never even thought about that. And then I saw another girl do it and connected with her. And she was like, yeah, it's like super easy. Just get a mic and do it. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna get a mic and I'm going to fucking do it. So <laughs> I just literally like sat down one day. My first episode was like the, like J the J backs backstory. And it was like a 30 minute episode. And it was my, my most favorite. Like I have what 52 episodes now on my podcast. The very first one is my all-time favorite because like it really shares who the hell I am in 30 minutes and I just got I just had a mic to do it. That's awesome. Yeah, I think the the funniest thing in our society is that we have the ability to reach an infinite number of people in our pocket at any time, right? Anything that we do, we can reach a million people, right? And we can also learn to do anything in five minutes, right? Like 95% of what I know about photography and videography and all, and podcasting, I learned online, right? It didn't cost mm-hmm. me anything. These are all things I taught myself. So when I get asked that question, like, oh, like, how did you start your podcast? I'm like, what do you mean how? Like, I bought a microphone. Like, you know, I did five <laughs> minutes of Googling to figure out what was the best place for me to host my podcast. And I started a podcast. It's not that difficult. But people get so, um, you know, turned off or, or uh, depressed or, or like sort of, you know, pushed off from trying something new because they're mm-hmm. dealing with that imposter syndrome of like, who am I and who the fuck should I be to be doing X, Y, Z? Um, I'm super curious what your relationship is with imposter syndrome. Um, It's something that I deal with a lot as a photographer, and I'm sort of curious what your relationship is with that. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of things I think about imposter syndrome, but when it comes to the podcast, literally zero imposter syndrome. Awesome. It's, it's you sharing your own story. There's nothing to, to have that syndrome on. Like you're just putting it out to the world. And honestly, if I get only 60 listens, like, cool. That's, that's actually a lot of listeners. Like, fuck yeah, I love that. But when it comes to like fitness and, and sharing those things, I don't know why this always happens to me, but I'll connect with someone new and they'll hear my personal trainer and they'll immediately ask me questions about like their bodies or things that they're working through and asking for suggestions. And I'll just like start talking and I'll just like, go, go, go. And then once I'm done, I'm like, do I even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Like, I literally say that and I I have to remind myself, like, dude, you've been doing this since 2017. You know exactly what you're talking about. And I feel like 
do you, I mean, I'll ask a question back to you. Do you ever feel like when you're stating things and <clears throat> you, you just like feel like you don't know what you're talking about, even though you do, like you get into this loop where you're like, I'm say- saying all this information to you, but like, is it even valid? Unfortunately, no, I don't feel that way. And oh, like, you're great. yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'm not for sure. I'm not, but yeah, <laughs> like I, for some reason I have this irrational confidence in my ability to speak about anything like we could be having a 30 minute discussion on the assassination of jfk i might know seven things about it but those seven things will be the most important reasons why xyz transpired right so no i don't feel that way i never have self-doubt in the things that i'm saying when i'm conversating with someone even if it's about something that i don't know because i'm pretty upfront and honest about things that i don't know right like if we were going to have a conversation Mm -hmm. about chakras um they're a thing like yeah they like you know you pinch an arm or something and yeah like i know nothing so i couldn't have like a a confident conversation about something i'm completely you know non-learned on but yeah I, i i don't have that feeling in the back of my head when i'm talking to someone about anything where i'm like wow i don't know what i'm talking about because deep down i think i do know that i what i'm talking about whether it's yeah chakras or photography And I think that's interesting because I think I've probably gone to this loop when I was younger where I would just act confident and act like I knew what I was talking about, but then didn't. But people believe that I knew what I was talking about. And and that goes two ways where it's like, one, like I have confidence to like people think I know what I'm talking about. And like it, I usually am able to put two and two together common sense and like lead myself in a direction where it isn't completely mm-hmm. inaccurate. But potentially that's where I fall into my imposter syndrome, where it's like I'm being confident about something, but am I credible for this? I'm like starting to self-doubt myself. I'm super curious what your like your personal experience with like your own body image facilitates Mm -hmm. into the sort of confidence of your personal training. So like, you know, you probably have good days and bad days and like how you feel like physically. Right. So I'm curious if you wake up in the morning, you're like, Oh, I look like shit. Now I got to go train someone. Like, how does that, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, attack your confidence at all or if any. Yeah. I, have never taken what I feel about myself and put that into someone else. Oh, that's great. Especially when it comes to like mindset and things like that. Um, I love when people reach out to me and they say, Hey, I'm having a hard day. I'll even put an Instagram poll. Like, how are you feeling today? Like I'm doing great or I'm not doing so well. I love reaching out to those people who aren't doing so well because one, I want to give them the space to share their story, but two, like I want to make sure that they know that they are kick-ass, that they are enough, that they are worthy of everything in life. And there was a period last year where I was going through a pretty hard breakup and I was for two months just in the dumps. I was not feeling my bright self Mm -hmm. and I still continued on Instagram and I still was giving people these affirmations. I was still encouraging people. And once I came out with one of my podcasts, it was like choosing you podcasts where I'm like, I didn't choose myself for two months. I was fucking depressed on like losing this person in my life who I cared so much about. And someone reached out to me and was like, I had no idea that you were feeling that way. And we talked every other week and you encouraged me every single time. So you didn't let that trickle into our conversation. That's pretty good. I think I can relate to that in that I'm a, 
do as I say, not as I do kind of person. Mm -hmm. Like I give really, really good relationship advice. I do not Mm -hmm. take my own really good relationship (laughs) advice. I give really good business advice. At times I don't take my own really good business advice. So I totally understand what that is like. Um, And I think that's also an additional pitfall of social media, right? Like we can't always Mm -hmm. feel like we can be and live our full, true, authentic self for fear of judgment. Um, which, you know, at times like I, I struggle with, like, I want to, you know, make sure that I'm like giving the real story on how things are happening. Like, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I want to be like, you know, I'm having a bad day. And if I'm having a great day, like I want everyone to know I'm having a great day. And I think that one of the the biggest shifts that has happened in the last couple of years for me personally is how everyone experiences life the same way. We're all sort of Mm -hmm. fucking degenerate human beings just trying to figure this out as we go along. And when we're capable of having a frank conversation with our friends and our family about, hey, this is how I feel, like I think it makes life a lot easier. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the term Sonder? No. Sonder. I have a book that has definitions on it. Okay. Um, Sonder. The realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own populated with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, and inherited craziness. An epic story that continues invisibly around you like an anthill sprawling deep underground with elaborate passageways to thousands of other lives that you'll never know exist, in which you might appear only once, as in extra sipping coffee in the background as a blur of traffic passing on the highway as a lightened window at dusk. Hmm. Sonder is so crazy to me because it's again like we're all living our own lives and everyone has their own way of of doing things and we're all unique individuals they overlap in certain ways but everyone is dealing with their own crazy life out there yeah i think the 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 most reassuring thing that i've learned and it was probably through therapy over the last couple years is like understanding that the human Mm -hmm. condition is fairly universal right like we all worry unless we're like billionaires we all worry about paying our bills and our rent and we all worry about you know whether our parents are going to get sick or our friends are going to get hurt like that's like just sort of universalness of like humanity um and it's sort of reassuring in that (laughs) well it's like in billionaires like they may not worry about money but like more money more problems and like they're still worrying about if their parents are going to be okay if their friends are going to get hurt it's it's just a I like to think of everyone as equal, no matter what the money or the status as you are, because we all, even billionaires that are super successful, can still suffer from imposter syndrome and can still suffer from self-doubt and probably on a higher level feeling of enoughness. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've had a very unique relationship with happiness in my life. Um, I've, I've, I think I've just been blessed to have a very pragmatic, happy-go-lucky experience, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for the better part of 36 years. Um, I'm super curious what your relationship is with happiness and if you have a metric or a manner in which you measure self-happiness. Yeah. I am my most happiest now. I haven't ever been happier. That's awesome. And... I have been having a lot of conversations um, with my partner about like our past and he, the first date we went on, the first thing he said was, oh my God, life is so good. When I was a kid, I like had, was so happy and I'm happy, happy, happy. And like continuously on. And when we talk about like our past, he'll share or I'll ask questions like, tell me like the best day of your life. And it'll be some somewhere from age eight to age 
16. Mm-hmm. And when he asks it back to me, I'm like, oh, like it's it's in the last like year and a half, two years. When I think about my past and my past gets brought up, I just think of a lot of sadness. And like I grew up with amazing parents and I was so fortunate. They supported me in so many ways. They still support me. But there was just so much hardships and me being like this outgoing person that I am and still confident when I was younger, even going through all of these like body dysmorphias and all these constant changes. I had a lot of like parents shit on me. I had a lot of friendships go up and down and there was a lot of cattiness and pettiness and it happiness didn't sit with me. I really had to take the pandemic to sit with everything that I experienced, everything that brought me sadness and be like, that doesn't define you. How do you get and how do you define happiness? And happiness to me is the whole holistic lifestyle where it's like, take a breath, be calm, be patient, be present, look around to the world and, and stop worrying about little, the little things, stop worrying about other people stop thinking about, oh, you said hi to that person and they, they kind of gave you a weird look. Like let's spiral for 30 minutes and think (laughs) about all the scenarios or what they were thinking about you at that point. I'm like, okay, what it is, what it is. I said, hi, like, and then move on with my day. And when I'm with myself and with my own present thoughts, that is where my happiness lies. I love that. I think that like, that's such a, a crucially important sort of mental, uh, viewpoint because like I, I very am very similar in that like I don't have regrets anymore in life like mm-hmm. I don't believe in looking back on something obviously if I break the law or I do something shitty like I would regret that right I'm not talking about like right. major regrets I'm saying like oh yeah. I see a cute girl at the coffee shop and I want to ask her for a number and she says no I don't regret that. Like I'm trying to live my life. I'm just like doing things that are like not harming other people. Um, (laughs) Right. But I think for like so, so long, I would always be like hashtag no regrets when I was like in my twenties and like just live life to its fullest. But like, I don't think I actually believe that. Like I think I was being very calculated in sort of trying to not make missteps in what I other people's perception of me would be. Um, Mm -hmm. and I very much have regrets. Like I regret people that I dated or like things that I did, like that would be totally normal in someone else's life. But like for me, I would look back on it and be like, Oh my God, like, why did I do that? What were I thinking? Like, blah, blah. And I don't, I don't live like that anymore. And I think that, you know, maybe that was like something you need to learn about in the pandemic, but you can live an entire life and get to the end and be like, wow, what did I do? What did I accomplish? Who am I? And I don't, I know that I will no longer be that way because I've taken this massive leap of faith and and risk, uh, you know, to make the life that I want for myself. Right. And the past doesn't define you. Like, like we said, you had to be who you were. You had to have those regrets, make those mistakes, whatever it may be for you to now be at this point being like, all right, I don't have regrets. Like I am going to ask that girl for her number at the coffee shop. And like, if I didn't, it would have been a no anyways. So might as well put yourself out there. Like, Hey, you're cute. Like, Yep. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, I also like, so I find myself in a completely different sort of uh, place in my life than the people in my life, right? My friends and family are basically comprised of all married people with kids and mm-hmm. different stages of, you know, white picket fence bliss, right? So mm-hmm. I'm in like a completely different area and sort of season of my life. And when I look at like the things that I wanted out of life at, at an early age, you know, 
married, car, family, wife, like there were all these things on this bucket list that like I no longer think I want or have. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. like what your sort of life looks like now in comparison to what you thought it was. And then like, what is like one big dream that you have for yourself this year? I thought my life, I thought I was going to have one or two kids right now. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I was dating someone for four and a half years and we talked about marriage. We talked about kids and in April of 2019 or 20, yeah, 2019, he was like, Oh, like we were going to go to Kentucky where we spent a year together. He was like, Oh, I was going to propose to you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Whoa, I know we talked about this and I told you I wanted this. But after he said that, everything changed. Hmm. And from then on, I knew that I didn't want that. I didn't want that with him. And that's when I came out to California. And then the more shift happened. And like my happiness was, or the the way I saw the future was like having kids by I'm 27 now. So it's like, I should have kids. I should be married. My mom and my grandma keep saying like, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to get married? Like my mom made a joke the other day that, oh, you'll probably never get married. So we'll just like, at 27 your... i literally was like mom, Gee, thanks mom <laughs> yeah i'm like what the fuck this is rude <laughs> um and she was like you can have your like wedding fund money i'm like give it to me okay yeah. like i want to elope anyways like who cares <laughs> um buy a car um but the happiness for me this year and like how i see it unfolding is kind of honestly, like what I'm doing now, like I have an incredible partner who brings me so much joy and happiness and inspiration, the most beautiful man I've ever fucking seen. (laughs) And then I am surrounded by incredible friends that I, I curated, I connected all of these people together, because we all came out here not knowing anyone. A lot of my people are transports, what we call them. There's someone from two people from the Philippines, there's someone from like, uh texas there's someone from nashville just all of these people who want to deepen themselves and go out and have a good time like let's go dancing let's connect on our emotions and i think that's like what i'm constantly looking forward to is connecting with people and then bringing my passions of the podcast of personal training and then sharing that out more to others my overall goal is just to connect with as many people as possible whether that is on a podcast or from afar or people who are in San Francisco and want to chat with me. Like I want to make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward so other people can get that foot and they can get my foot (laughs) and we, (laughs) and and we can share that space together. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very curious. So, you know, you've been out there for two years, like how much of this were things that you manifested for yourself when you got out there single alone, taking a huge Mm -hmm. life risk? Yeah. I, I manifested all of this and I, I'm a big journaler. Um, I didn't start journaling until I moved out here. But when I look back at my journals, I have like three, four journals up here that you can't see. Um, but what I said last year, um, it was July of 21. I was lost. I, I felt really down. I thought I found myself. I thought I like was able to conquer anything but that's when i was going through a breakup and i was like kind of going through a friend transition because all of my friends came from him and i was so sad but then i started writing in my journal like 
I, this is the year, this is the season of conscious connections. I connect with others on an emotional level. I, I find people like like-minded people who want to share a space with me. And I kept saying this over and over again. And once I started putting my energy and my thought patterns to that specific type of group of friends that I wanted to invite into my life, I, I met my first friend. And then I randomly went to this meetup and met two more girls. And then from there, I started making friends with other people that I've already knew, but I wasn't actually invited into my life. And now I have a group of 10 people in my life that I manifested, that I asked for. I want this type of group of people. I manifested the partner in my life because I wasn't settling. And I'm so big on don't settle. Mm -hmm. You can find certain characteristics of people and like, okay, like, that's great. I like that person. I like that person for who they are. But then there's other things where like, eh, like, is this really a good fit for me? And we hang on to what's over here, but we, and then we kind of like make compromises. From, yeah. Exactly. And do not compromise for yourself, especially when you're going to be spending that much time with yourself. Don't make compromises on yourself, on a partner, on friendships. Like if you have to let people go as hard as it is, do it for yourself, for your happiness, and then manifest who you want or what you want in your life and constantly work towards that. Yeah, I like that. I think, you know, it's funny because I, I never like this hippy dippy stuff of manifestations and I still don't know what chakras are, but whatever. But my <laughs> my, my belief in, in manifesting the things that you want in your life is founded in that like two years ago when I lost my job and I decided what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do, I started, you know, planting the seeds of like what my life is going to look like. And for the most part, like my expectations and the reality have not matched up until now. Mm -hmm. Like I've just recently started seeing all of the benefit and all of the payoff for all of the hard work that I've had for the better part of two years. And I think a lot of times people can get put off by the hard work that it takes to not just think about the life that you want for yourself, but then go ahead and build it. And it's a lot easier for people to just kind of go around and be you know, living a very mundane, normal existence when they don't have the, you know, the balls to ask themselves the tough question of like, am I happy? Like, am I doing things in my life that are making me fulfilled? And yeah. I just love that you've been able to do that for yourself. It's, it's such a refreshing and reassuring thing for anyone who's listening today to know that like your life today doesn't need to be the life that it is two years from now. It doesn't need to be the life that you live right. a week from now. So there, it's just like, and honestly, it shouldn't be. Yeah. You should constantly change yourself for the better. And I think that's so important to acknowledge how you're living life. And like, say you're driving and you, someone cuts you off and you were like, screw you, dude. Or like, you're yelling at them and like, you're projecting that out. <laughs> There's so many times I'll like look at myself in my rearview mirror. I'm like, that wasn't kind of you. Like, how can we get a little better on that one? It's... Like, yes, they cut you off, but like, they're probably going through their own shit. Let them be like, that is my mindset because I want to constantly catch myself so I can be better every single day. I like to say that I'm a big person who focuses on self-growth every day because every day you're getting 1% better. So two years from now, if you're the same person, how can you reevaluate? to get 1% better, even if that's 1% better in two years, at least you're improving yourself. You should never sit in the same, the same space 
for that long. Oh, totally. I think it's funny. I do have incredible road rage and I catch myself <laughs> laughing all the time. Like I will, I'm from Jersey, so I scream and motherfuck people yeah. nonstop all the time. Yeah. And then I'm like, dude, fucking relax. Like where, where <laughs> is the urgency? I'm not rushing to the hospital for my wife to give birth to a kid, right? I'm going to the grocery store. Getting there yeah. fucking 30 seconds later is not going to have any impact on my life, right? So it's like tricking myself into like being a, a much calmer person when I get behind the wheel of my car would is, is something that I've <laughs> been, been working on. <laughs> been working on a bit. Um, I feel like I, I've sort of built a life for myself that has like a high degree of work-life balance. Like I work when I want to work and I like p- p- schedule out my, you know, projects and, and my jobs. You know, it's freelance. So i basically for whenever I want. I'm super yeah. curious how you are able to juggle so much and like what goes into sort of like your planning on a weekly basis from having a nine to five to a partner to two other businesses and things that you're doing. Like how do you handle all of that? Yeah, it's it's a work in progress. I don't consider myself a workaholic in any way and I definitely find a good balance between you know, like my work-life balance. Um, When it comes to my nine to five, I put the effort in where it needs to be put in and I'm a hard worker. So there are some weeks that it's, there's more effort than needed, but when I am busy and I'm energized, I'm able to bring that into my passions. Hmm. So like I, I explained that one of my days to my business coach last week and I'll, I'll share it here where like, I like to wake up and do two hours of like personal growth. And then that allows me to be sharp for my nine to five. So I'll be putting my nine to five in. I'll like post some things on TikTok or Instagram while I'm like on a few breaks during my lunch hour. I like to, I value my body so much. So if I'm at work, I will work out at the gym. Even if work is crazy, I always put myself first because if I miss a few workouts, I'm going to start missing more workouts. I'm going to start feeling bad about myself. Like keep yourself sharp. So put your body first. And I tell everyone I work with, they're like, oh, like I'm just so tired. Like I don't have time to work out. I'm like, let's go to the gym. Like literally 45 minutes, 30 minutes, just put yourself first. Hmm. And then once five o'clock hits, I'm able to kind of schedule out like I need to focus on this for like my podcast I need to edit so I'm going to do that and then I'm going to focus on like my personal training business connect with all my clients and another love language of mine is a working session so I am after this call going to go outside and do a working session for like four hours and like what does that mean that's a working fun. Session? good question a working session is like collaborating with someone next to me so like someone will be there working on their own shit i'll be working on my stuff and it's so empowering because you can feel their energy of like how passionate they are working on their own things and you're still able to spend time with people you care about but just in a different way Hmm. and that's like so inspiring to me interesting i wonder if that's why like cohabit cohabitation like working spaces are successful Mm -hmm. because i get like yeah that energy sort of thing that's interesting that's yeah. cool. Um, I like to spend the last bit of every podcast doing sort of like a Q&A. Um, some of them are like super easy. Some of them are a little bit more in depth. But first, one or two things that come to your mind are just sort of like whatever uh, you think about. But first question is, what is your favorite movie? Life Itself. Life Itself with uh, um, Oscar Isaac? Is that? No. 
maybe it's on hbo it's like two and a half it's a two and a half hour movie i'm oh, oh i don't oh. watch movies oh, i don't uh, watch tv uh, but this is my favorite the the, uh, the irish girl and and the anton guy who passed away yeah i think that's it yes it's basically like it, it follows a trend of like generations of people okay this is that's something else i'm gonna watch that it's I on think hbo but i will you yeah. should definitely watch it it's a tearjerker um i feel like i might and that's something it. that stands Something that stands out to me is like when when you fall down, stand back up. When life brings you to your knees, stand mm. back up. And that I trickle that into my life. You should watch uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I'm not sure if you've ever seen it, but I'm, I feel like you'll like it. It's a good one. Okay. Um, what's oh, yeah. your What's your favorite book? Ooh. Oh, my God. I just started reading books last year, and I read like 13 books last year. And I'm really pumped about that. Um, I'm going to say right now attached okay it's about the dating um attachment styles interesting uh what's your favorite food bagel are you just saying that because i ordered a bagel today (laughs) no i literally you said bagel and i'm like oh my god i fucking love bagels (laughs) yeah no bagel (laughs) um do you believe in an afterlife yes cool um what are you most proud of for yourself for who I am today. What gives you confidence? Looking at myself naked in the mirror. <laughs> nice. What, <laughs> what inspires you? Myself. In like what way? I have had such an up and down life and the fact that I am who I am today is super fucking inspiring. I love that. What's your biggest fear? my god (laughs) what is my biggest fear losing the people around me yeah that's good um what's the best piece of advice someone's ever given you just fucking do it what is your best piece of advice for someone listening to you on this podcast today for the first time you are exactly who you need to be right now i like that i'll uh co-sign it with you're enough right like if you believe that you're enough in any aspect of life you'll open a lot of doors for yourself um Mm -hmm. last question what's one recommendation for something that you've consumed lately could be a podcast a tv show a movie a book just something that you've consumed lately that you think everybody should check out i think another book i'm reading is It's called Clarity and Connection. It is a poetry book, but it is inspiring. So Clarity and Connection by Young Pueblo. Cool. I think, did he write The Alchemist? No. Paul Coelho. Just kidding. That was a joke. (laughs) Um, Jess, thank you so much for your time today. I have like a very cheesy line that I stick to at the end of every podcast it's like if you spend an hour with me you're part of my family so welcome thank you so much for your time i uh, i think you're fucking awesome and i just really greatly appreciate this conversation and uh you coming on with uh with yourself today for this chat thank you so much for having me i've had a great time and i think you're just as awesome <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> have a good one take care